Philosophy. Descartes. Debate. The Mep Report. Mep Report. Mep Report. The awesomest discussion podcast in the history of the human species. Oh, yeah! Let me tell you of an interview with an old man emu. He's got a beak and feathers and things, but the poor old fella ain't got no wings. Aren't you jealous of the wedge-tailed eagle? I'm better to da-da-da. Well, the eagle's flying round and round to keep my two feet firmly on the ground. Now, I can't fly, but I'm telling you, I can run the pants of a kangaroo. But da do 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 he can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can run the pants of a kangaroo. All right. Well, if you can hear me, then that means it's time for a show. And specifically, that means welcome to episode one five zero of the MEP Report. Episode one fifty. The time has come. We have arrived at episode one fifty. When we began, neither one of my children were born. Now, two children have been born. All of your children are born. (laughs) All the children are born. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Map Report. We are uh, back with you guys. It's June eighth, two thousand sixteen, and uh, yeah, hi guys. Hi, I. Uh, hi. What's going there, on? There are more Wilsons than there have ever there been. There are more before. Wilsons. That's true. Uh, several days ago, on Monday, uh, June sixth, at four sixteen p.m., Kalen Shaw Wilson entered the world, um, and uh, yeah, he has he has entered the fray. Um, he was nine pounds, so he was a big kid, and. Um, and when he was done, Clea's reaction was, that's the last time we're going to do that. And I'm like, that's good, because that is the last time we were going to do that already. But I'm glad that, that you was already that. the plan. It's always confirmed. You corroborated you have confirmed. <laughs> oh, my God. But I do want it to be known for the record that um, I did manage something extremely important. And that is I assembled the aqua pool in which he was actually born. So oh. I assembled the tub, and I want that to be known that I did this. You also assembled the child, to be clear. I also assembled the child. That is, but wait, much wait, of that, that is not the only much role of that, that was you sort had. of like done with minions after the fact. Wait, Greg, you know what I'm saying? Like, Greg, did you guys do a home birth? Yes, we did a home birth. We did a home birth for Centamine, too. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, we did a home birth with midwives oh, and everything yeah. else. Oh, and nice. it was funny. The first home birth I did was with, it was pretty much all women in the house, including even Lilo, who was alive at the time. Like, everything in the house was female but me. Mm-hmm. This one it was even more that case. Like, we had two midwives, both female. We had my mother-in-law, female. We had Clea herself, female. We had uh, the photographer, female, uh, who's also pregnant, incidentally. We had um, all of these, so pretty much the entire thing was just estrogen central and me (laughs) and my son so it was my job to deliver my son not only you know make sure that he arrived you know safely in the tub but also that he did so remaining as a male at least somewhat (laughs) so that that apparently happened as far as we can tell i can confirm upon examination that he is indeed a man with all the requisite parts uh that are necessary for that state that's it you did your job you check so the I fingers like, and the toes and the little penis, and then you're that's like, That's exactly right. That's it. And they said they were like, Yes, and they were like, And <laughs> testes descended. I'm like, Yes, testes descended. It's not like a rocket ship. Yes, testes seriously. are down. 
Testies. That is testies. the original. Houston, we have testies. The original uh, landing gear for babies is the, exactly. uh, the testies, testies descended. Yeah. yeah. So Male he's babies. so he's here, and uh, everyone says he looks like me. I don't know if you guys have this experience, but like, um, and I have to actually send you. I can't believe I haven't sent you guys pictures yet, but I will. Um, the thing about it is that like, I don't know if you guys are people are always like, oh, he looks like you, or this looks like. I've had a very hard time telling that about a baby. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, and that's not that all babies look the same, but all, to me, because they do look different. But they, I don't, I don't usually look at a baby and go, ah, that obviously looks like you know, like Burt Reynolds or something. Like I just, I don't get the sense of you know, I don't know. You know, I've also read that uh, babies specifically uh, tend to look more like their fathers because it's like an ancient genetic uh, paternity test where you just immediately look at him and you can kind of <laughs> oh, tell. Really? And then, yeah, even if that's not ultimately what they look like as they grow up, um, initially they're supposed to look more like the father. I see. And then when the father... My first like, seven babies mostly look like <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> the ones you the know The last of, two you were... The ones you know iffy. about, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Oh man, I fully expect that your first kid story is just going to emerge with a full head of long hair, and I just expect they're just going to. Yeah, that's, that's going to be. <laughs> and if not, everyone will think they don't look like yeah, me exactly. because that's like if there's not like a hand-sewn Mariner's jacket like welded to their look, skin or this long baby hair, no long they'll be hair. like, "Whose baby yes, is exactly, this? Exactly. What happened? Uh, what is going on? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, that's exactly true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it was. Uh. It was. It was an interesting experience. And I. And I have to. This is going to be a good chance, actually, for me to tell a story that will mock a uh, previous um, full-time member of the MEP report and sometime guest hitter, guest uh, uh, pinch hitter, and that, of course, is my uh, wife, Clea. Because I want to tell the story, and I think you guys who know her very well will be able to appreciate that this is something Clea would have done. So. Um, so as I said, our son was born on Monday at 4.16 p.m. She went into labor, apparently for the first time, at around 3 in the morning. Now, I did not know this insofar as I was asleep at 3 in the morning, and I first want to ask, do you remember a certain show that we were involved in where at some point she left and was like, oh yeah, I feel like I maybe have some light cramps, mm. you know, but I'm sure mm-hmm. it's yes. fine, right? That, of course, would eventually become Cenovine, you nice. know, in the end, right? right? So she had these cramps, but again, she's like, oh, I'm sure it's fine, it's nothing. She actually drives to school takes my daughter to school on Monday. My mother-in-law insisted on going with her, which is a good thing. Without waking me up, let me just say, gets to the school, is walking around, and people are like, wow, Clea looks huge because, you know, she's at this point pretty much nine and a half months pregnant. Like, the due date was June 4th, so she's she's ready to go. And she's having these cramps and everything else. She gets in the car, and then according to my mother-in-law, she's like, oh, uh, right. So anyway, so she gets in the car, right. and she's like, she's like, oh, she's kind of moaning, she can't get comfortable. And then she says to her mom, so you better take the Sawmill Parkway instead of 87 in case we have to pull over. <laughs> to which, to which my mother- And have the baby on the road. Oh, yeah. Right, to which my mother-in-law is like, What? The and like then says unmentionable things, um, and yes. is like driving down the road. And you know, meanwhile, I'm slumbering away. Has anyone called me? No, has anyone texted me? Because initially, Clea's like, Oh, no, don't call him, you know, it, it'll be fine, you know, don't wake him up yet, you know, he'll be awake for a while tonight, you know. If it, well, your and, job wasn't until the kid was born to make sure that yeah, they came out male, so why exactly that is was my <laughs> having contra- in labor wife driving anywhere. And then she says at one point, She's like, Oh, you know, how far apart are the contractions? Oh, a minute apart. At which point my mother-in-law almost like drives off the road. Like, what? 
I mean, so like, uh, so anyway, she managed to get back in. The first I know of it is I'm upstairs um, after having woken up again, blissfully unaware of all this. I go over, go to the bathroom, go over to the computer. And then I hear the door open and I hear, ah, oh, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, Are you okay? Like, you okay? like yes. And that's that. So, um, yes. Yeah, so my wife did the best she could to have um, Kaylin on the road, you know, like a, like a portable baby. Um, and, uh, but she failed in that event, but she did succeed in having the child. And I want to tell you that, uh, that's the screams of pain that your significant other has while in labor are incredibly traumatic to listen to. Um, they do not sound like human sounds. I'm just saying that right now. They enter another plane of consciousness. I'm it honestly like a zombie making... when you were doing it. it, it just, yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Well, no, that was the first part. I'm talking about when we actually get to the, you know, where the rubber meets the road, we're pushing the, the baby out. Oh. She, she literally, I mean, the sounds that she made are not human sounds. Like I'm not even joking. Like they're not human sounds. So afterwards, um, and I come down and the midwife's like, all right, well, your wife is back. <laughs> it's like, like she had literally reemerged from whatever, like alternate plane she had gone to while she was in the middle of giving birth. And there was uh, our son who immediately started crying the minute he was brought out of the tub, like immediately. No, Senevin had taken a little while to cry. That was not the case with Kalen. He was just like, I'm out. What the hell am I doing here? Explain to me what is going on. Why have I been removed from my safe, comfortable home? So, um, right. Yeah. He's an Olympic swimmer. He's an Olympic making. swimmer. So it was, put, it was put, serious put him in the pool. But everyone's pool. healthy. So, yeah. Hey, so, yeah. congratulations. Nice. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, so, so I'm pretty, exciting. and I feel like I feel like uh, Kalen Shaw and uh, Story Shaw is after George Bernard Shaw. So I figured you oh, would, okay. you'd appreciate cool. that. Because, yeah, yeah, you know, he's he's a guy yeah. with wit and courage, and you know, and I feel like he'll he can double with a name like Kalen Shaw Wilson. He can double as either an athlete or a musician. Like I think either one of those are viable options. You know, um, he probably won't get beaten up on the playground. Um, so I feel like I've done my job uh, as as naming goes. So. That's, very good yeah. very good so yeah so that was that was what i did on my summer vacation <laughs> what, <laughs> what have you guys been doing <laughs> do, we, do we want how was the uh how was the harry potter thing ross i've been hasn't I've happened been yet now hasn't with... happened yet oh it's, it, it's i thought it was may june 25th for some reason i thought it was late may oh june i thought 25th. it was may 25th um okay. so it hasn't happened yet there are i was now... wondering if like ten thousand. People actually show. Yeah, up. they're now right. approaching twenty thousand people that have are interested or going to this thing. Um, the last bookstore has finally officially panicked and realized what's about to happen uh, after they were super nonchalant about it for a long time. Well, this is how they become the last bookstore. We've been waiting for <laughs> yeah, so really long since the they started. Book. Like, how did this? You um, know, what what calamity befalls it yeah. to make it the last bookstore? So they told us recently in the, in the midst of their freak out that they no longer wanted us to serve wine and beer uh, just because they didn't want to try to wristband oh, eight, yeah. eight bajillion yeah, people. What could That's... go wrong? So, but that was you know that was kind of our revenue for the the event. So that's mm. that's out the window now. Just kind of sad. So that's a little bit of an issue. Yeah. You're not yeah. charging admission. We can't. Yes. We're not allowed to charge admission. What? So they took away all revenue sources from you? Mm-hmm. We can only accept donations. And you know, I'm going to spend God knows probably a couple hundred dollars on like water bottles that we'll be you know giving out in exchange for if people feel like donating or not and so it's if, as far as a financial investment this is a very bad idea as far as wow. entertainment it may be a very bad idea but it could be okay 
we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> well, it also could be like the you know the biggest news story in LA. I in was going to say right? so like it may turn out that the finances will, while not immediate, I mean, will pretty quickly. Yeah, catch LA up, right? LA Weekly is coming to cover it, so we 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 heard from a photographer yeah. from there, so that's cool. Or the or the there legal ramifications. <laughs> One promising improvisational career cut short when a twenty thousand person riot. Uh, you know, people run down the muggles in LA. Yeah. So that hasn't happened yet. So in, in, to answer your question, no, okay. nothing, okay. nothing has happened. Good to know. Okay. That has not actually occurred yet. All right. Uh, and you, uh, Story, are, uh, are you still gainfully unemployed? Uh, yes, although I've been driving for Uber for a couple weeks now. Oh, so that's, uh, that's an exciting new development. Um, it is it is quite, quite an inter- interesting little adventure. So, yeah. So that's... Uh, what I'm doing in the meantime, possibly in the medium, medium-ish term, medium-ish. So you're digging it. I, we used Uber twice for the first time a couple months ago. We liked it, but I didn't know. Yeah, how. no, I mean it's it's a great city to do. You know, I think that it's hard for me to recommend it unequivocally to people because I think it varies a lot by location. Okay, but New Orleans is like kind of New Orleans has a lot of reasons to make it. I think a fantastic city to drive in one is it's fairly new here. So like there isn't the market isn't like totally saturated with drivers. Um, there's always just a ton going on in new Orleans. There's always festivals and events and lots of stuff. So there's always demand pretty much whenever you want to go out where I, and especially late night. So I've mostly been doing late night stuff and overnight. And does this mean that um, you're actually driving around drunk people quite often? Yes, it does mean that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's just like the um, back of debate. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. I was gonna say, who better has experience I, 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 driving listen, around drunk people? I both people. live that pain, my friend. I, I right, know. and preserving their life. Oh, so, um, you know, so yeah, so that's that's. It feels like very familiar territory in all all sorts of ways. Um, you know, and. Yeah, so there's a lot of and people in New Orleans are also I think disproportionately nice as compared to a lot of places like I could not imagine doing this in New York City. Um I mean I can't imagine doing anything in New York City including no. driving at all full yeah, stop, living, so breathing, like, existing, you know, spending right, a weekend. Right, exactly. I don't know with, how any of these events happen, but like here, I mean I don't even, you know. Those yeah, midwives who gave birth exactly. who helped Except, deliver my child were complete sociopaths. It it, it was yeah. a miracle that we all escaped actually with our lives. Right. So regardless of y'all's attachments to New York city, like I can't, you know, so I can't vouch for it as a, as an overall experience, but in a, in a new Orleans experience, it's been, it's been very positive so far. So, um, yeah. So, and it's very nice to have after feeling massively overworked to have a schedule where you can press a button and say, I'm at work. And then two minutes later, press a button and say, not at work. Um, and have full control over that. Sometimes I just do that. Just press the button back and forth. Now, have you missed? I was just going to say that. This is incredible power. Have you like gone down to pick people up and then like been able to do the thing where like at the last second you're like, nope, not at work anymore. And they're like, oh, like, (laughs) like, I mean, what, what is, no, I try to, I mean, you know, you wait, you wait for ride requests. So whenever you don't have an active ride request, then you can cancel. It would be, I have not canceled on anybody. Um, except people who have no-showed. So, you know, I haven't been like, ha-ha, you thought you were getting a ride, but I care more about the power of self-empowerment to not be at work for these seven seconds. Yeah, do um, they, do they so, yeah. like, I mean, does Uber, how has it been, like, working with them? Have they, like, how, they pay you on time? Like, what? what's the, what's the working environment? Like, how are the, 
you know. Well, I mean, it's all kind of automated, which means I feel much more appreciated than I ever did at my old job. Um, Wait, actually, I'm sorry. You're, you've so, been roboting a lot over the last couple of minutes, so can we try that again? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so sorry. Sorry. It's, it's, all, it's all automated, which means that I feel a lot more appreciated than I did at my old job, um, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> a, a robot that auto-generates information has been actually given me far more compliments and far more appreciation of my work than I, my old boss. So that's been really exciting. Um, Thank you for your work story. You are exactly. Well no, done. it's actually true though. Cause, cause it's all like, I mean, a lot of it, I think their profile of like the typical driver is someone who's a little bit of a slacker to begin with. So I think they're trying really hard to like, um, you know, to motivate and prod people of like, get out there and drive more and do more, especially because they recognize that like part of what works about their model is freedom, but like they still want people, as many people driving as many minutes of the day as they possibly can. So there's all these little incentive things. You know what it is like? It, the, the biggest analogy, I can't use this with everyone, but you guys will understand. It is very much like making your living doing Dark Age of Camelot. It is so like an RPG what? in real life. How, how I know, exactly I, no, is I've that? been meaning anyway to recommend this to you russ because i think if you lived anywhere but la i would i think you would really enjoy it in la you might be able to tolerate it but driving in la is so miserable that like i'm hesitant to recommend it to you as a possible side gig um but it just because it's it it feels like a video game like the whole thing is based on an app you know it's like sighting a mid in the forest it's like all right gotta go get them and then you go and you get them and you immediately get the earnings you get your little xp you get the earnings you get the rate the rating of the feedback if they give you a rating like you get all this little stuff and there's all these data and stats and things and it feels very much like living a video game you know especially late at night like patrolling around for people um and you have to position yourself i mean it reminds me a lot you say patrol Trolling yes. around, so you like you like drive around New Orleans. You you want to ride? Yes. No, I don't want to ride. Get in the back of the car. You're getting a ride. Like, <laughs> like, like what so, you just described. No, it's not like that. But yank mids. I know the you, way you and guys. And you can play. choose if you want to take like Grand Theft Auto missions instead. If you don't want to <laughs> pick people up, you could be like, oh, sorry, the Yakuza is calling. I need to go rob a bank real quick. <laughs> yeah, you get so many points for knocking people off the road. No, it's. The, how did the Star way end up with so, a Ferrari? He carjacked. Yeah, exactly. Gordon, how did he end up with a criminal record? Well, you see, it all began when... <laughs> Guys, it's just a video game. Whatever I've happened, it hasn't been real. That's what they've told me. I'm That's sure what they tell fun. me all the time. Exactly. Um, so... <laughs> No. So so the way the algorithm works, right, you have to be the closest person to the potential fare when they request it um, and you get first crack at it. And like theoretically, you can let fares go, but like no one, you know, you shouldn't. And you get penalized if you like let a lot of fares go. And there's really no reason not to. Uh, so. So it's kind of like, so it's positioning, it's like, you know, it's driving to the area where it's likely to be busy and where you're likely to be positioned so that you get a ping, um, so that you, which is, you know, a potential rider to drive around. I have to say, um, I think this could be vastly improved. I'm sure Russ would agree. If simultaneously two drivers got a ping, and the first one to get there actually gets the fare, so it becomes oh my a race God. for the streets <laughs> yeah. of New Orleans to actually get the Worst fare. idea <laughs> Get Ever. out of my way! It's called yeah. the Lift and the Furious. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's what it would be like if it were actually GTA, but it's not. So that's good. 
Um, okay, so then you get there, and then... Yeah, so so then you get there, and, you know, you pick up the person, and then um, you run them over a couple times, and you get the points. <laughs> no, then you take them, and, you know, they have a good experience, and you get the money, and you get the, you know, get the earnings, and Did anyone, the rating, and it's fun. Does anyone ever try to give you cash tips? Yes, I've gotten cash tips every single night. Um, usually, it's, it's remarkable, because, like, I've done it, what, seven or nine nights now, and... Um, the amount has varied. Like the total take has varied probably between $3 and like $30 mm-hmm. of tips. And I do like anywhere from 20 to 30 rides a night. But, um, but there's always like, there's always at least one every night without fail. There's usually no more. I think my biggest night when it was raining a lot, I got four different tips, but it was still less than some. The weirdest tip I got was this guy who had been like hanging out with these girls at a bar, but clearly didn't like know them very well, like knocked on my window when I did the pickup and handed me a 20. And Yeah. And I mean, he clearly like had not called the Uber and he, he was just, I think he was just trying to show off to them. Yeah. of Like, look, I can flash money around or whatever, but I'm like, Hey, I, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the clearest winner here. This guy thinks he's the winner. Like, well, I was going to be, you know, dubious on this ride or drop them off and, you know, the park around the corner. But now that you've given me the 20, uh, so yes. So anyway, so I was imagining that like, uh, as you're sort of picking these people up, the thing about the tip thing is the thing that got me. Cause so we used you Uber a couple times and the first time right. we didn't tip because it was like everything in the app, like beats you over the head with like tips or not. Do not use tip, not tip. This is all handled. Right. Don't tip. And, and so I feel like as you're explaining that, like you usually get tips anyway, I have this incredible over frustration with our tip economy. Like I really, really, really wanted to be in a world where we where we people get paid what they deserve and I don't have to figure out what the goddamn tip is. I can't even tell you how tired I am of having to worry about tips. Like I want to be able to be like, you did a great job. Here's 25% more than people would normally receive, which is set in stone at the very beginning. So I don't have to then figure out how much like, yeah, it was raining, but you know, you drove me in like a smart car. So my elbow was like next to my eye, but you were a nice dude. But at the same time, you smelled a little bit. Like I don't have to do all these calculations. Like I just want one goddamn flat rate. No, I mean, tipping, I think, is objectively like a horrible practice, which is not to say that if you are like eating at a restaurant, you shouldn't tip anyone. But like, but I'd rather they the whole nature extra so that they get paid right to begin with. Like, I want them to be paid right, for their salary, right. you know, like, no, I mean, the whole the whole nature of tipping is terrible. And I think that like Uber is trying to pick up on an understanding of that frustration. Um, and like, I don't, I mean, I get few enough tips that I don't think it's expected necessarily. I mean, the main reason that they said that people are now allowed to get tips is because they lost a big lawsuit, um, that had like, because they basically said tips were banned before, um, and people got really upset and sued them for fair labor practices. And they're like, okay, we will now say like, you can tip if you really must and whatever. And like, and one of the guys who tipped me last night was like, well, now that you can accept these, here you go. And I was like, pretty sure people would have accepted them before, but you why, know, why is it good to be by the book, I guess. To discourage tipping or ban tipping. So their, their theory, they make this clear. I mean, the other thing that's been fun about this as an experience, like regardless of everything else, it's a great anthropological experience to like be, you know, like to see what's going on with this company as it's sort of emerging and trying to change the nature of the economy and things like that. Because they have like, they have an office, they have office hours, like eight hours a week that you can go down and see. And they play, they just spam these like incredible propaganda videos at you that are really entertaining and like an interesting sort of thing to experience anyway. 
their theory is basically what Greg is talking about, right? That like people really hate. So part of it is an anti-cash thing. I think they think the cash is going to be dead pretty soon. So like they want people getting out of the habit of like fumbling for cash, but they think that people like just sort of find the tipping experience at the end to be unpleasant. It's always awkward. They're always worried about disappointing people. So they see it as a big part of the Uber experience that people don't have to worry about cash and don't commensurately have to worry about tipping at all. Um, and that that makes them like enjoy the experience more and want to repeat it and feel more positive about it. So that's their I, theory. I, I think. So I've also heard, and you tell me that yeah. this is the case in New Orleans, that uh, because of competitions with services like Lyft, that Uber has right. reduced wages to such a point that like it's incredibly difficult to make a consistent living doing it without tips. Well, I'm experimenting with that. I mean, you know, obviously, like, I don't have the sample size of, like, I mean, I am tracking sort of my tips in a different column. So, like, I could track what it would be without tips. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I guess it depends on what your expectations are of a living. And it also probably depends on how fuel efficient your car is, which is obviously, like, a huge advantage that's that I have. The that's, <laughs> yeah. that's part of why I'm doing it, right? So, um I would say, like, so far, so good. You know, like, I'm trying, like, part of the experiment is to collect data on, like, how many hours a week would I have to work and, like, what would that look like to, you know, to get by or to make this viable or to combine it with a more creative lifestyle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been making more or less, like, pretty close to or a little bit more than my hourly wage that I was making before. Um, now, not my on-paper hourly wage that if I had been actually working 40 hours a week, I would have been making, but the actual like 55 hour a week wage, as far as the hours I was actually working, um, I've been making competitive to a little bit more than that. And that was like director of development at a big nonprofit. Huh? What'd you say? Sorry. What about medical, uh, what about medical insurance and stuff? Sorry. Yeah, I don't have that right now. So that's, you know, (laughs) that's an issue, (laughs) I guess. That could theoretically be an issue. Yeah. No, I mean, sure. There's there's certainly, like, benefits and whatever else of, like... So much robot. (laughs) So much robot. I think this is part of of the orientation system of being an Uber driver is they implant a chip in your head. It really slowly (laughs) become an auto-driving robot. (laughs) I do not know what you are talking about. Wrong. Tipping is wrong. Um, (laughs) Tipping is so bad. We don't believe in podcasts. Podcasts express individuals' point of view, which we found it. These are my real beliefs. What are you saying? Good friends. It actually works. (laughs) Wow. Um, Because, because, so what I was thinking was like, so how many hours have you, you said you do like 20, 30 rides a night. So like, what does that work out to? How many hours is that, basically? Um, I mean, so it depends. Again, I like I still have what I feel like is not a sufficient sample size. Um, but like, I will normally go out like 10 p.m. and stay out till anywhere from two to six, depending on how tired I am and how busy it is. So, um, you know, and obviously, like, I would say it averages to like three to four rides an hour probably more or less because like occasionally there's an airport run in there or something which is like kind of the jackpot because 
while the airport is really far away, you make a lot of money on airport runs. So someone's like, please um, take me to northern Mississippi. You're like, well, oh, right. God, <laughs> you know, do you, get a, yeah, exactly. do you get a bonus or an extra for working on those like super off hours? They're not the off hours. They're the busiest hours in the in the city. So 10, 10 p.m. Um, to 6 a.m.? Yeah, that's what this people need, baby. Man. That's what wow. people need. It's like Vegas. Wow, it's like Vegas out here. It's the like, big yeah, drunkie. So big drunkie. Yeah, that's fun. Um, good times. Yeah, it it is. So, yeah. So that's. Um, I mean, four to six is a little thin on the weekdays. It's very heavy on the weekends. Four to six is like because the bars don't have a set closing time here, and there's open container and whatever else. Mm. So like, you know, so it's it's pretty much a free for all. Um, so yeah. So, so that's anywhere from like four to eight hours in a given night. And I've been out a couple afternoons too, mostly just to sort of see what the, what the lay of the land is and what it is. And it's definitely like, it's thinner in the afternoons, but there's more airport runs, which are just kind of like the jackpot. So making it feel more like a video game too. I mean, in all ways, it feels like being out on the prowl in a video game. It's very fun. So dope. yeah, all that's missing is like a little avatar on your phone that levels up as you take more rides yep, and games. Yep, things. Yep. But I mean, that's the thing. The money and the ratings are kind of like that. Like they are very similar. They feel very similar to that. And you also they have. That's the other thing is they have built-in rewards. Like you can get fuel, like build up to fuel cards or eligibility for health insurance things or like other stuff that you can get as rewards. So they have the little bar of like every oh, ride. Wow. You're like, you're this much wow. closer to this reward. So they, I mean, they have very deliberately because the target audience is people in our generation, clearly of like, mm-hmm. that's who they envision as the riders and the sustainers of the company. So like that's, you know, so they very clearly designed it to be appealing to gamers and a game culture. Absolutely. I don't know though. The two Uber drivers that I had in Florida, one of them was like, uh, one of them was a guy from Jamaica who was, you know, probably in his forties, and another one was a retired school teacher who was like in her late fifties. Hmm. Um, but okay. that was Orlando, so maybe it's a different crew, you know, like a different group. I mean, that's, yeah, that's... Florida to begin with, you're dealing with a, right. a slightly older set, probably. But I mean, and I don't have any doubt. I mean, there are a lot of older, you know, like when I went to office hours, like a lot of the people were older and people who have been forced out of the labor force by our awesome economy but like you know are trying to find some way of feeding themselves so you know i i'm sure there's a wide range i just feel like long term they see their vision the way they've designed everything it seems pretty clear to me that their target is really getting in good with our generation so interesting because i have yeah. yeah and i i um uh and most of the writers are certainly our age or younger although i did now- take like a couple in their 60s the other day so, so. tell me about so tell me about um danger <laughs> because i have this image <laughs> at like three in the morning yes a, a bunch of drunk people piling into the back of a prius has some potentials i mean i've been around drunk people in new orleans and it was not a pleasant experience one of them tried to enter my hotel room so i, I okay. i'm <laughs> curious about how the that's also because lsu was playing the sugar bowl that same year it's just many bad things were happening but um, Fair I mean, like, so, yeah, are, is there ever anything where they're just like, all right, drive us where we want or I'll blow you away? Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to get an image of like how I know you I know you think everybody there is preternaturally nice, um, but you're probably as inaccurate in that statement as claiming that everyone in New York is preternaturally sociopaths. So I'm sure there are some people who are not nice. So I'm just curious. Well, I, guess, I mean, whether yes, I recognize that like there are or like what good people everywhere and bad people everywhere. So, I mean, I. 
I definitely expected, I think, to be in more uncomfortable situations. Like, I recognize when I started this, I was like, some slightly uncomfortable situations are probably part of the price of doing business. And, like, most uncomfortable situations are eventually good stories. So, like, hey, that'll be part of the whole experiment. I see. Um, I've been very pleasantly surprised that, like, there have been almost none of those. And I'm sure, like, I'm sure they're coming, right? Like, I'm sure, you know, like... People throw up in people's cars and, you know, things like that happen. And, like, I'm sure that, you know, my number will come up for that kind of thing at some point. But, um, you know, I generally, and part of this is male privilege, but, like, I generally have found New Orleans to be a much safer city than its reputation. There is a neighborhood where there are a ton of murders and shootings, like, every night, literally. I don't drive there. I don't pick up people there. Um you know, so I'm <laughs> even if they're like, trying to escape the shootings, you're like, nope, sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, nope, I mean, I try to be try to be prudent about that. Um, you know, uh, like the worst that I've had to face is people who are just like really far gone, like just really, really inebriated, um, which again is like somewhat familiar territory. And um, you know, there was one person that I definitely was within my rights to leave. Um, well before, you know, I actually ended up giving them the ride cause they were like taking, they were having like a 15 minute argument. The, their buddy had called them the Uber and they were having like a 15 minute argument about like, you know, you need to get in the car. And the guy was like, I just want to go to my car to get something and then I'll call an Uber. And they were <laughs> like, um, yeah, so this is an Uber and you're not going to your car. And he's like, no, I don't want to drive. I just want to get something my um, keys that i can yeah use exactly to so you know so like that took a frustratingly long time but i was like very very empathetic with the people trying to get their buddy home in one piece so i was like i will i will wait for this because this is you know to the extent that there's any like positive moral cause about doing this it's probably reducing drunk driving and maybe taking cars off the road in general so um so yeah, so like, you know, but that and and that guy was like was not did not smell particularly pleasant and was like very far gone and passed out like 2 minutes into the ride and I had to shake him awake and you know, he wouldn't let me walk him to the door, but I probably should have and like, you know, but like that's about as unpleasant as it's gotten, you know. Um and like, yeah, I guess he could have taken a swing at me and been like really belligerent and like well, that was just dealt like, with people. That was just like you taking care of our French rooms at Fairfield. I mean, that's that's no right. Exactly. Yeah. Anything. So you know, I right? Love, it, I it's love not, how his name has morphed over time to protect his identity. <laughs> that like he's he's in flux. Like his exactly. stories. French <laughs> rooms. Um, uh, so okay, yeah. So like the most unpleasant one that you've had. Yeah. So that's that's as bad as it's gotten. I mean, nobody's been particularly mean or particularly like gruff like you know a couple of people in bad moods like i don't know Plus, like it's really been if you, pretty chill i think if you do like seven or eight more rides you get the red scale armor which should really keep you safe while you're driving around in your yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly yes and and the the dagger of disaster yeah. in case something goes really badly yeah i really have to no i mean it really feels like that though it is like a, a real life driving rpg Amazing. Yeah. No, I mean, at some point, so. I expect you fully to have, like, the thing they have in Escape from New York, where they just have the chandelier on the front of the car, you know, like, on the front of his Prius, and just like, what's my name? My name is Duke. Don't say my name! You know? I, I could fully <laughs> expect at some point it is going to be Escape from New Orleans. For story. In, in I, the I 70s, like- in, uh, in New York, my uncle was a taxi cab driver, 
and we would always hear stories about how the best days that he ever had as a taxi cab driver were when he got into accidents. Um, and this happened semi-frequently, just little fender benders and things, because it was an opportunity for him to accost the driver that bumped into him and demand that they just give him the cash that they had on him to settle whatever potential lawsuits or whatever that, you know, and so then he would always like have date night money for his girlfriend uh, and, you know, my future aunt when, when he got into accidents that night. So, so also yeah, keep story. an eye out for that story. That might be an uh, underestimated oh, part yes. of the show. I, I look forward to many accidents. That would be great. <laughs> Two from now, um, like a grizzled veteran. He's like, yeah, it's time for date night. Hey, you son of a bitch. Get the hell out of your car. You ran my Prius with your Hummer. You're going to feel the pain of a climate changing planet, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, you're right. New Yorkers are just like everyone else. Um, so, yeah. Um, no, it's funny too because I actually like when I was when I was growing up. Um, one of the shows that was on Nick at Night, like I was a huge Nick at Night addict in in like middle school and high school, as I think we've talked about. And one of the shows that was on all the time was was Taxi, which I actually yeah. really liked. Um, so it definitely like, there's definitely this like very small part of me. I mean, it's one of those like very minor, like sort of low level jobs, like being a, uh, male, male delivery person or a hotel night manager or something like that, that I've always like kind of had this vague fondness for of like, that would be really fun to do for a while. Like, you know, just sort of a low level service job. That's, that still seems kind of fascinating. And I think cab driver has always been in that category for me a little bit. I feel so. like it with the writing interest too. Like I feel, I feel no, like absolutely. I mean, it is, know. it is a staple of a writing resume, this kind of thing, like bartender or cab driver, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Cause there are, I mean, the best part about it by far is there are these really like intimate moments where you either like overhear people's conversations or you have a conversation that because it's four in the morning and they just got out of the bar and it's their first quiet moment in three days. Like, you know, people are in this very, different state of mind where they're more open to and it's a stranger but a stranger that they're in a position to trust or whatever you know where they're open to having these kinds of conversations that are not necessarily the way people talk in in normal life that are a little bit deeper or more interesting or cut to the chase because they're not going to see you again and so that has been by far i mean if there's a thing that's sustaining me through it other than the freedom like that is definitely something that i see as a real perk of like you know, gosh, I could write, you know, I could do this for a year and write the book of adventures in Uber and, you know, um, or just get a lot of fodder for other people's ideas. Cause I also, I mean, this is something I'm not sure if we've talked about this on a show, but this is something that I'm always fascinated by Greg as a, as an aspiring writer is, is I always am worried that basically everyone that I write and everything that I write is too laden in my own perspective because we're all trapped in our own heads. Right. Right. And so the opportunity really just to eavesdrop and to hear other people's conversations has always been something that I really value and prize because I know that no matter what, and it's maybe slightly different, like driving the equivalent of a cab because they at least know that I'm present, but like they're basically not talking for me. And I know that that's like a raw experience that they're actually not altering their conversation pattern or their word choice or anything because of my influence or my presence there. So it's like a raw unfiltered, like legitimate experience that I can use as, you know, as a check of like, okay, this is how people really talk in this context. And it's not over influenced by my, 
perspective. Yeah, so, I totally agree with that. So I, that's really cool. Yeah, I yeah. think you could make that even better if you were to um, just sort of invest in, I, I don't know, it probably cost a couple hundred bucks, but just something to block that like a lot of taxis have, you know, the front seat for the back seat, and then put a sign that basically says, you know, um, soundproof, which is a complete lie, so that you can, you know, <laughs> and then like just be like taking the stuff down. And See, I thought you, you were going to say record if people you against record that, Yeah, no, no, I was going to say, yeah, like, the next step is to record Same basic stuff. thing. Yeah, um, it'll say soundproof, and he'll be pointing a microphone at them at the same time, exactly. just for the, the cognitive dissonance. Of in the that. in the O in soundproof will be a little bug <laughs> bug microphone right there. But it's, not, it's, it's an like, obvious bug microphone, though. Like it's a big right. thing that's like no, yeah, it's like, it's soundproof brand microphone. Yeah, soundproof. They, they make microphone. a really escapes. great. <laughs> oh god that's funny well yeah you remember the um they had for a while a uh, game show that was like that took place in a taxi cab in new york do you remember i do this thing? Cash, i do cash remember cab. that cash cab, cash yeah, cab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and and i think totally. clea actually i want to say that um clea knew the person who's like brainchild that had been originally and it was just like people it was get like in, a trivia game right yeah, yeah. Some people had no idea yeah. like they get the taxi and then all of a sudden it's like boom trivia game and then afterwards they would be taken to where they wanted to go but like they had a chance <laughs> to just win in the middle of it and and literally they filmed it you know with them sitting in the back seat and everything um right you know so yeah i mean because it had to look passably like a regular cab for the yeah and, and yeah, actually they would work. actually take them to where they wanted to go like that was part of the deal like they would actually go to where they wanted to go it just would take, you know, they would be asking questions as they were driving so it was, right. it was all part of like the you know the mix of course um, there's also taxi cab confessions on hbo famously yes yes absolutely which is the, which the is, r r-rated cash cab with no cash Taxi Cab Confessions <laughs> is very, very well done. It's basically actually. the same show. It's basically well the same. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's uh, no, you're absolutely right about that. Like, it has that kind of, um, there is that sort of raw uh, flavor that you want. It, it feels very mm-hmm. Hunter S. Thompson to me, Russ. Like, I feel like Hunter S. Thompson would totally have jumped in a cab and driven a cab, I feel like. Just, right? Oh, completely. Just the, you know? Um, his his cab would have free drugs in it if you wanted them. Oh yeah, yes, I, I thought that you would automatically yeah. be injected upon sitting in the back seat. You just yeah. you know, right now, Russ. I even though you live in L.A. and driving in L.A. is like a fate worse than death. I I am tempted to recommend this to you for like. I mean, that's the other thing is you could literally do it for like two hours and decide you hate it and never do it again. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not it's a low hanging fruit. Russ it feels like something that you Uber. would that you uh, would yeah, really I mean, enjoy. I like the notion about New Orleans that you can get things done between four and six in the morning because here right. bars close at two um on right. the regular and so i don't know how much action i would get post post 2 a.m which is when that i makes sense. definitely want to be driving a lot right uh, so you, next step then is you move to new orleans and then we can be <laughs> uber kingpins together uh whatever yeah. it's getting you that's gradually moving them back towards this this part of the country so uh, i wouldn't Fair complain enough. it's closer yeah yeah i mean it's it's uh it is. We, we definitely, you know, we liked we liked it. It was weird because the cool thing is that you can actually see on the app as the car mm-hmm. is heading towards you. Like you can sort people love that. Yeah, people like I'm just love watching. Like oh, check this out. Like they're waiting for the actual thing to arrive and stuff. And yeah, um, this one time when the second time that we used it, we were trying to get back from Disney World to our hotel and the place where they drop you off. I don't know. Have you guys been to? I know Russ has been to Disneyland, and we've talked about this before. But um, I don't think Disney World. Have either of you been to Disney World or no? I've been to Disney World a million times, dude. From the Dis- East Coast. Yeah, well, on East the East Coast. Coast. But you, but you I went. Who- I went for the first time two summers ago. But you hated it, Russ, didn't you? Didn't you loathe? Well, about the Disney first World? time I went there, I got the chicken pox, so that was really fun. Oh well, I mean, super okay. fun, and it had nothing to do with my future perspective towards the Disney Corporation <laughs> at all. My first 
as a second-year-old, <laughs> like my formative experience was getting chicken pox and being. Hi, oh, everybody! Have some chicken pox. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been yeah, back to Epcot since, and then just this last year, we went to the Harry Potter world down there and stuff. The Harry Potter thing, okay. Yeah. So yeah, so we so uh, when we were trying to get back, like then they drop you off, like the shuttle buses drop you off at these rather bizarre places where you can and so the one place where right. they dropped us off like the guy was like you know so we we put the thing in you know for the <laughs> guy and then he's like all right i'm gonna he calls at one point he's like all right i think i'm gonna be here and they had he had driven in like this one area because they don't allow them all the way into this freaking sprawling prison complex called disney world so we had to like <laughs> so you saw the car on the map like doing one of these little like you know you put a tracer on someone and then they like you, they they find out about it and they put it on like a mouse so that the thing go runs around crazily that's what it was like like the car is just like <laughs> like what the hell where is he going um right you know and that was a kind of the opposite of exciting because you're just like god damn it like i would rather just have been like i'll be there in about 10 minutes you know rather than having to right. be like he's right there why doesn't he i don't know where is he is he in the air does he have a hover car how is he possible he's right over us you know so i will say i mean part of that i can relate to your driver in that situation because oh i don't blame him no no no. but one of the like because one of the big weaknesses of the system so far and one of the reasons this didn't because so many people are like why didn't they have this years ago and i was like well gps technology was not really ready for prime time and it's still not quite ready for prime (laughs) time but it's close um and that's like a big factor is because they still like about a third of the pins drop in really weird places or just in wrong places a lot of the time. And I have all these texts and calls and interactions with people where it's like, I'm over here. And I'm like, Oh, that's nowhere near where they said that you were. Sorry. I'll be on my way to where you actually are now. Cause thank you for clarifying that. Um, well, so that's like, like in the middle of a river. Like what, what kind of, you know, not quite that bad, but like certainly, I mean, I've definitely been sent to like the middle of a couple of alleys that are like behind a hotel that has a nice like valet right. entrance. That's where you're actually supposed to go. And I'm like, right, you're over there. So um, it helps a lot when people actually put, you know, for all you Uber users out there, when people actually put the name of like a business or an establishment in instead of just the address because the address will sometimes just like totally go haywire and sometimes people also just like move the pin around which if you're zoomed too far out will go in a like grossly wrong place a lot of the time so like it is very you have to be very precise about where the pin is um but at least they can track where you are so that if it's like a little bit off it's okay but there are some areas like frenchman street which is like the big jazz area that's always like completely jammed um most every night and is like my most reliable place to get people like you know if you're off there then it's like by an order of magnitude because it can take you 10 minutes to drive two blocks through that area because it's so busy so oh my god and like half of it's so busy because there will literally be like brass jazz bands like walking through the street with like people following them around and stuff which is great fun but like doesn't really work for picking up people and yeah cars, hi i'm so. your driver where are you right exactly it's remarkably <laughs> like that it's basically exactly like that so oh man yeah that's pretty awesome. I like I like the idea of uh, I like the idea of being ap- actually able to see like the person, then t- finding out that they're actually not there. When you said the thing about the alley, I immediately imagined that you would come to the alley and find like Harvey Keitel from uh, Pulp Fiction. You know, just being like, you know, all right, yeah, pick up this guy. Don't say anything. Just take this bag, this suspiciously heavy bag. Put it in your trunk. 
Drive it here. Here, have $800. Don't ask questions. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I totally had some guys the other night who were like, where can we score cocaine? And I was like, <laughs> I, I really... I really don't know. And they're like, yeah, but where can we score cocaine? And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, Just I, hit the cocaine I, button on your Uber app, sir. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and, then, and then the best part of it was they were like, well, you've been driving around. Like, are people up anywhere? Because it was like a weeknight. And I was like, yeah, there are a lot of people on Frenchman Street. Like, I can take you down there. I can't make any promises. And they're like, but where can we score cocaine? And I'm like, okay. I feel like you're not tracking too well. I was like, do you want to go to Frenchman? And they're like, yeah. And and do you think you could wait for us? And I was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Will it's, you be returning with thing. cocaine? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's one thing for me to have this conversation with you and entertain the idea that I have not like immediately reported you Which I to have someone. Done. At this time, we're asking about <laughs> cocaine, yeah. and that I am like sort of ostensibly taking you to somewhere that like you may have the suspicion of being able to buy cocaine, and like it's a little bit facilitating, but like I can I can deal with my involvement at <laughs> a this level. Bit I will. I will uh, not be then waiting for you when I have advanced foreknowledge <laughs> that you were there for the express purpose of picking up cocaine and returning it to your hotel. No, Thanks I'm just much. asking for a friend, dog. I'm just right. <laughs> and look at the people having cocaine. Yeah. I love the fact, right. though, that yeah, I mean, I totally agree with this this premise. I like right. the, idea, yeah. the idea that your moral code kicked in. Not at the point where he's like, well, I could take you down to where a lot of hype and people are high on cocaine. Like, you can hang out with high people. <laughs> but at the point where like, but I won't wait for you to have scored cocaine in return. Like, you're like, all right, let me let me bring you to where there's a bunch of people who are high. Like, you know, let me just let me bring you to the equivalent of the tenderloin, you know, and, right. and let me. Uh, and let then me... Story reaches into his glove and he pulls out his tincture of cocaine resistance. Exactly. Exactly. No, I mean, to be clear, I was much more concerned about the legal ramifications and the, the moral ramifications there. I mean, they were going to find cocaine. Mr. Clayton, other. is it true that you brought these men to a place right. where they could, quote, find people who were high? <laughs> Your Honor, that is not really my definition of the word right. high. I, I assume exactly. that... A, they wanted a, people they, who were happy. They wanted happy people, and I brought them to where many people are happy. Plus, are you there are many the terraces on Frenchman Street where people can get above the first floor and get very exactly. high. Higher <laughs> than the road, Your Honor. Higher than the road. I do not find this credible. Your Honor, just because you are blatantly groundist in your approach to, you know, yes. yeah, I like it. Tune in next week when Story talks about how jail is remarkably like an RPG. <laughs> Exactly. Guys, you level up, you get uh, privileges, you get to spend five more minutes in the recess yard. It's oh my really god, that's the, ne that's the next big idea. We need an app that you use while you're in jail to mark your time and a keep prison you app. entertained and give you little yeah, incremental, incremental goals to complete. And people so outside can such show a good you idea. that people outside can find you and like can follow your like around the prison, like a little prison map, and they show your little guy moving around the prison and stuff. You can be like, oh, you know, oh, man. That's what we need. You level up, yeah. Go in the weight room where you you resist being raped or yeah, know, and you can like sponsor. Things. You can sponsor the prison person. So like, if they successfully avoid, you know, having something horrible happen to them, like if they oh, avoid yeah. being shivved, you get like people plus five will points. have like screens at their home where they can track their favorite prison avatar. Yeah, it's like guy. having a Tamagotchi. Oh, you remember those old virtual pets? This is, is a brilliant idea. Yeah. <laughs> 
This is actually legitimately a pretty and good idea. We've, we've already learned from Uber that laws and regulations don't matter as long as you've invented an app that does something cool. Right. Like it pretty much right. just gets around. Yeah. It just law. nukes it entirely. But they're like, but the app, guys. And they're like, oh, yeah, the app. Right. Yeah, you but, can't get, but you can do it on your iPhone. Oh, you can do it on your iPhone? Yeah, I guess we. that doesn't. Well, we don't have Why laws about iPhones. <laughs> iPhones are in the extra legal territory. So, yeah, yeah. okay. Anything goes. Yep. It's like, yeah. and they, it, that's right. And you know that the legal system always takes 10 to 15 more years to catch up with all this stuff. It's like academics, you know, finally bringing right. up the term, uh, you know, one of the new exciting mediums is podcasting. I'm like, it's not that new, guys. It's been around yeah. for a decade plus. We've been um, doing it since the dawn of podcasting. The, the, we have. Have. Or we at have. least since the early midday of podcasting. We were, no, <laughs> no, pretty much since the dawn. We were called out, as you know, by the guy who invented the term. So, I mean, you know. We were there. We we knew when. We knew. Wait, when what? what? When were we called? Adam up Curry. Remember when Adam Curry like actually like played our advertisement on oh, yeah. the source code and he everything? Played our promo. Yeah, man. That's back. But when I, we I want to go back to this prison app. I want to go back to this prison app. I, I like this idea. Like, yeah. I feel like the name should be like jail app, maybe, or like. But it's got to be something where you adopt no. a prisoner. It's got to be Tamagotchi. First of all, it has to be a non-English word that's like a fun, whimsical sounding, like like jaily with two E's at the end or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, jaily. Guys, it's clearly Jailbird. That is clearly the app name. Jailbird. It has the like tweet reference. Jailbird. That is so but, clearly okay. the app. Can it at least be spelled B Y R D? Yes, of course. And and yes, yes, that is exactly right. No, that is platonically correct. That is jail B Y R D. Oh my god, done and done. Writing it down. I love it. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love it. We may have to not release this show because of. Right. Until idea. we get our patents in order, like I love the seriously. idea. And, and you can like and see, and that's the thing, right? Like if it becomes a big deal, then prisoners who know that they get benefits from this, they have all kind of incentives for good behavior, right? Because they know that they're like that people are going to give them more rewards and they're going to get more. Oh my gosh! And it can also be a safety mechanism because the app can monitor what's happening to yeah. the prisoner at all times so that they don't like get jumped or that nothing like, untoward oh, happens or yeah. there's like all these witnesses on the outside who are like betting on their prisoner or whatever if they do yeah you're like calling yeah. your friend oh, you're like, like hey, hey did you I see, see. Big you Mike is trying your, to break your, out of the door he's trying to break out of the wall PM workshop check-in today is everything okay yeah <laughs> it's like he's crying in the corridor somewhere and he didn't check into jailbird and like, hey guys, have you seen? You see Big Mike? Yeah, Big Mike and Big John have been hanging out in the one spot. You see that? You have the little like icons, like Big John and Big Mike near the wall. I don't know, man. I mean, you know, oh, you know God, what happened yeah. could, last time with the incident with all, the spoon. Couldn't it all just be like a like a two D overlay of everyone, and they all ha you give them all like little four bit like avatars, GTA. like like oh oh yeah, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons or something like really <laughs> super retro. <laughs> We're just like going back to. Sell. I was assuming that it would just be like a smiley, like like a uh, you know, like a like a you know, kind of an articulated face, mm -hmm. you know. Well, and just like the like... face, like just moves around like the prison yard, like there's a map of <laughs> prison, it just shows the face moving around. Have you guys ever used Waze, the uh, navigation app? I was just talking about Waze with somebody. Yeah, it, um, it's integrated into Google Maps, I think. 
Because Waze, um, you can choose what avatar icon you have that represents your car, but only when you've achieved a certain amount of mileage driving with Waze. So it's kind of like the, the more senior you are in the app, the cooler choice of avatar you can get to use. Everything is an RPG. Okay. Yeah. It is. I was like going to say, that sounds remarkably like an RPG. <laughs> Everything is an RPG. Yeah. Da, da, da. Yeah, and you're rewarded for, you know, uh, marking various things on the highway, like obstructions or police or, you know, hazards or things like that. Um, it's similarly in Jailbird with the Y, right? You get <laughs> you get rewarded for pointing out when riots are about to happen, or if somebody's making a shiv somewhere, you mark it in your app so that people know where the shiv is. Oh my gosh, this is such a great idea! Yep, I love it. This is the best idea of all time. <laughs> I love it, and you can actually, yeah, and and of course the thing is that I, you know, obviously you can't really give these sort of transmitters to prisoners, like to to you can't. You can't have it go the other way because you can't, like, instruct them about stuff. But you could have, like, once weekly conversations, you know, all done through the app where you could just – and, it, they're, like, there's a certain set number of words. So they don't give you a chance to, like, say everything. But you could, like, choose words. You could be, like, soap exists wall. And that's, like, that becomes code for, like, there's a shiv near, like, the laundry room, you know. But, like, there'd be this whole complicated system of language that develops based upon, like, the 25 choices you can actually oh, have. Oh, I think that, like – it seemed like the major obstacle to this was allowing prisoners to have smartphones all the time. But again, <laughs> I would reference obstacle. you to the if you build an app, laws don't apply argument. Right. So right, I'll just give them, like, oh, it has jail And eventually it would replace wardens entirely, right? Because everyone would just be monitoring the prison. It's like another way of it's conning people into doing, a, like, the, the app is called Jailbird, in parentheses, Panopticon. It's virtual yeah, panopticon. exactly. <laughs> no, it is. It is creating the Panopticon because then everyone is self-monitoring and self-regulating, and it's like it's like Wikipedia. It's like a way of incentivizing zillions of people <laughs> to give up their free time to actually serve a public good. Genius. Yeah. Absolute Absolutely. genius. Absolutely. That, that, the future. Yeah, that's that's a time. See, that's an idea whose time has come. Just like the you know the NFL, like you know Civil War reenactors saving things in Iraq. That that this situation that we've got here is a perfect example of how to solve the prison situation with the power of modern technology, powered by Uber. And also, I think that would be a good thing to get a partner on board, like you know Jailbird powered by Uber would be like the subtext. You know, or something like that. Just so you could. They're gonna the like extra. run little prison golf carts around. To be yeah, like, and you have like these tie-in. <laughs> Where do you want to like, go? Laundry room. Yeah, yeah. I, you really like that brawl between Big Joe and Big Mike. And if you like that, how about the UFC fight on pay per view? Probably click oh this gosh. app to get the blah blah blah. You know, wow. possibilities are endless, and so is Absolutely. the American jail population. <laughs> That's the other thing. It's like marketing to one of the biggest untapped markets. It's a growth in, industry, guys, in it's the a country. Wow. Oh my god, all of the slave labor that's used by private prisons, they can actually give you like useless reward points for participating in jail slave labor. I mean, lie they already don't Star get Wars paid trader cards. for all. Yeah. They, <laughs> so they give you like a, Star Wars trader cards. <laughs> you get an extra yard coupon because you worked 70 hours of unpaid labor this week, so you get shows up on your jailbird app and you get to be oh in the yard. Wow. <laughs> Uh, so and, horrifying. And, and, then the, <laughs> and then, like the audio cue, you'd have to have like the right audio cue, right? Like you'd have to have something like, like, like Dragnet. You know, dun 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 dun. All right, somebody just came in. We got a new, we got a new recruit. We got oh, a yeah, new every, recruit. The ping is somebody dragging a uh, a coffee mug against bars. <laughs> against bars. That's, that's no, you the know ping what the sound ping effect. Is. You know what the ping is. The ping is ding ding. 
It's the Law and Order sound. Uh, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, it depends on the nature of it. There's room for multiple, multiple ping prompts. But yeah, the the Law and Order is definitely. Oh my gosh. And and if your guy eventually gets out, the the victory music is like da 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 ba 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 ba. Yeah, the whole the whole second phase of the Silicon Valley organization known as Jailbird is trying to figure out how to keep people addicted to Jailbird once they get out of jail. It's like how do we get them to keep using? I'm I'm sorry. Have you checked recidivism rates in this country, Russ? That is not a concern. Right. Exactly. That is not a worry. They'll like the app so much that they'll just oh be like, gosh. I don't know how to live in the outside world with no jailbird. Go and they call inside. it Lifebird. Well, then they can also invest. Like, they can take their knowledge of the of the land that they left and then be a jailbird follower and sponsor and be on the other side of it. That's how they can yeah. make it on the outside. Yeah. 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 You can get, so like, a fine. whole group. Yeah. You, can, you can start creating basically, like, guilds. You know, they could be leaders of, like, jailbird guilds. I believe they're who, called like, gangs. Work together. Gangs, <laughs> gangs. Well, all right, that's fine. <laughs> that's true. There are lots of be gangs, you know. Uh, and you can and like and you could be like and yeah, you and obviously everyone would want the same kind of gang name, so it'd all be like the Crips sixty five eight XX two, you know, like the Bloods seventy five seventy two one one five exclamation point, you know, like you'd have everyone who would want the same kinds of uh, same kinds of names. But this is going to be amazing until they figure out how to use Jailbird to coordinate a prison riot, and then we're sunk. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's yeah. going to be a special moment uh, in Jailbird history, and you know. At that point, that would be. <laughs> At that point, we have enough money yeah. saved up that we go to Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! They invented the concept of a flash breakout of prison. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those exactly. flash breakout of prison mobs. Jailbird, I love it. And and presumably, when they do escape, the first place they would go if they were New Orleans would be to Uber, where a story would pick them up and drive them home and be like, "Hey, That's I remember true. you. Congratulations, and uh, thanks for earning me serious points." Please from. leave your cocaine on the curb. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, believe it or not, people, uh, we have come to the end of an hour. Um, but Greg, where can I get cocaine? Yes, uh, I, can't, I can't answer that. Um, but if I, listen, if I take you to this one place, I'll take you to where other people I've heard look at things that seem like they might be cocaine. So yes. I can't help you after that. If you want to know... If, if you want to hear more of Story's rationalizations about why he's not helping people become addicted to drugs, or if you'd like to know more about our new exciting app, Jailbird, uh, please give us feedback at themepreportcot.com. Please uh, email us at the various places and let us know if you think that Jailbird is an idea whose time has come. Say goodbye, everybody. Um, by listening to me. Yeah. Welcome, Kalen. This is your role, Kalen, Jailbird. Uh. P.S. By listening to Map Report 150, you've effectively signed a digital NDA and cannot disclose the details of Jailbird. Oh. Well, the last time I saw that he knew him, he was chasing a female he knew him, as he shot past, I heard him say, She can't fly, but I'm telling you, she could run the pits of a kangaroo. She got blood, but I'm telling you, she can run the pants of a kangaroo.
Well, there is a moral to this ditty, um, better did da da da. Frost can sing, but he ain't pretty, um, better did da da da. Duck can swim, but he can't sing, nor can the eagle on the wing. Emu can't fly, but I'm telling you, he can round the pants of a kangaroo. Well, the cook a bar laughed and he said, It's true, um, better did da da da. Ah! 